0: ...testimonies, and we have not always been good at that, but we want to get better. Mm. Okay, and I'm speak- I'm speaking for myself, really. And the first thing um, <laughs> I was reminded of uh, when I started to look at this topic, uh, you know I'm really passionate about worship, yes?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's funny, I suddenly remember in my 20s, I studied a lot of the psalm, and I was amazed to see how worship and singing songs. Was always transmitting a revelation about God to the next generation. Mm. Yeah. So that's why you see often in the psalm, uh, you know, from generation to generation, it was something that was transmitted. And I just put a couple of verses to to show you something in, in those verses. Uh, in Psalm one hundred and seven here it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Let the redeemer of the Lord tell their story. And then he goes on and on. Oh, he's, he's opened up the Red Sea. He's done this. He's, oh, he's an amazing God. And then at the end of the, the, the psalm, it says, Let the one who is wise heed these things. So pay attention to these things. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then the second verse I, 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 I put, you could still tell that. Um, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust me, again, the people will be like, oh, wow, well, I've heard that song. That really, I, I, I better trust God because it, it must be true, yeah? And the last passage, he'll that, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people this song, is my mouth will tell of your righteous acts of your deeds, of your salvation all the day, for the number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord, God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness yours alone. O God, for my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and grey hairs which is my case now. Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all of uh, those to come. Mm, And suddenly it really um, shocked me again, the connection between worshipping God with a thankful heart and proclaiming, speaking out things, singing out things. Yes? And Seeing what he's done for us, that impacts the next generation. That impacts the people around us. Can you see the connection? Can you see when um, Grace gave the testimony this morning? Yeah. yeah. Yes? Everybody was like, wow! You know? Because there was something she spoke out of how God is wonderful. She started by praising out, yes? Proclaiming with her mouth who God is. And that completely brought love to her. But as she was giving the testimony, it brought love to us. Yes. So that's what I want to talk about. How do we know about who God is and what he has done? By hearing the testimonies. That's the only way. So it could be because we read the Bible. So it could be a written testimony. But it could be because someone told us. Or it could be, you know, it could be in any shape or form that we hear something that brings a revelation about God. That's why testimony is so, so important. Okay, so I think everybody's clear on that last one. Testimony are spoken or written word. It's a record of what God has done. So let's see a little bit more about why is it important to keep the testimony. It's very interesting if you read in uh, Deuteronomy, and we won't do it because it would take too much time. But in Deuteronomy 6 and 17, if you want to look it up, it's very interesting that God uh, always wanted the Hebrew to record all the decrees he had done and all the things he has done. So it was always on the heart of God that we would record things and we remember what he has done and what he has said the two things, what he has done and what he has said. So, um, and the reason for that, is that testimony reveals the nature of God. They reveal the nature of God. If I give you the the example of um, God opening the Red Sea. Okay? So the people of Israel coming out of Egypt, God opened the Red Sea. How (coughs) does the next generation know that God is a God of miracles? By hearing, by, you know, whether it's word of mouth, whether it's in a song, they heard the story. Therefore, they know, they have this revelation that God is a God of miracles and they believe it. They've not seen it for themselves, but they believe it because they've heard the testimony. Yes? So, testimonies really, their purpose is to reveal the nature of God. Now, what I find mind-blowing is that testimony, actually, they all become part of our history. We actually inherit testimonies. In Psalm, I think I put the, that's my second slide, Josh. In Psalm uh, 119, uh, verse um, 111, if it's correct, yeah. David says, I have inherited your testimonies forever, For they are the joy of my heart. So, David knew that all the past testimonies, he knew that he could inherit that. It was his promises as well. And that's what brought joy and strength to his heart. And what is really interesting is that we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know that verse. And you know as well that God does not show any favoritism. You know that? So you've got a reference there. You can write them down. It's written um, somewhere on my slide. Maybe it's not. <laughs> it's not. So it's actually in Hebrews thirteen eight and Acts ten thirty four. So God is always the same and he shows no favoritism. That means us, as people, we can have this confidence, the same confidence than David... That we are inheriting every testimony that has happened before us. Does he not? Go. I mean, he makes me go. Wow! Really? Yes. Every single promises, every single testimony you can read in the Bible or you can hear around you of what Jesus did. We can inherit that. Okay. And why is it so amazing? But it's because it means something special. It means that. Every testimony will come with the promise that God will do it again. Mm. And that's what really, yes, it comes with the promise that God will do it again. And Bill Johnson put it in this way, which I really love this quote. In every story that God has done, there is an unveiling of his nature
1: Mm. and
0: an invitation to know him experientially in the same way.
1: Amen, amen.
0: Can you see how it works? So there's a story that reveals God. I know about Him, I have a revelation about that. Then I'm invited to experience the same again. So how does that work? Because I mean I mean I knew that before, but it's only very recently that I really,
1: really knew, knew, knew,
0: knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does it work? Well actually, words have life. Okay? You probably, um, you, you, you're very aware that James thinks a lot about the tongue, yes? And that's probably for that reason, because words have life, okay? Positive and negative. So when we mix it with faith, prophetic words and promises from God call things into existence from nothing. So one day there's nothing, there's words that bring life, and then there's something. That's how it works. And so you have it from the beginning uh, of the Bible, God said, "Let there be light." He spoke something yeah. from nothing. He spoke something into being. Yes. So, God, let there be light. There is light. Uh, it's the same when he called uh, Peter. And say, "You, were, you are going to be a fisher of men." I mean, at that time, he was not. He was just fishing fish, as far as I know. So, uh, and when he could actually find the fish, but. The point is, you know, he just prophesied over him. This to be a man. His word call call out the gold in him. Mm. So you see, the the words we speak, they have life. There's a very, very amazing verse in John 6 and 63. When Jesus says to his disciple, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and the life. Okay? So Jesus was very well, not only aware of that, but he wanted us to be aware of that. The words that I've spoken to him, they are full of the spirit and life. So for example, when we pray prayers, like, um, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Okay, so I don't know you, but when I was little, and certainly in my twenties and my thirties, I just say, oh, that's a really great prayer to, to do, and I hope I'm believing it, yes? But something I haven't had realized is as I'm speaking it, there's life I'm releasing. Really
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yes? So if you believe it, if you believe it, you not just say, oh God, I'm praying that so you make that happen. I'm actually, I'm declaring it. Something happens in the heavens when you do that. You say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And I'm actually speaking the words of Jesus and they are full of the spirit and life. I mean, that's incredible. So I'm not just doing a prayer hoping it will happen. I'm actually declaring it. I'm saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be out in my life. Let it happen in my community. Because Jesus has your will and you told us that and it's full of the spirit and the life. So words have life. In the same way, there is supernatural life in testimonies. Okay? So, for example, in a revelation, well, not for example, a very important verse is Revelation 19, verse 10, who says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay? So, I mean, you might have heard that before, because it's not me who discovered it, honestly. <laughs> but you might think, what, 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 what that even means, you know? If you like me that's, that's my first reaction so the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy well actually a better way an easier way for us to understand that is to put it that way <clears throat> testifying of what Jesus has done is prophesying it will happen again Amen. that's what it means Yeah. yeah. Testi- the testimony of Jesus I mean everything that happened in the name of Jesus yes everything that happened in the, in the name of Jesus If I say, it's like prophesying, it will happen again. Because that's the spirit of prophecy. Yeah? Okay? So testimony, what do they do? They basically create an expectation for God's manifestation in our lives. And they remind ourselves that God is the God of the impossible. So they create faith and hope. Actually... At the very root of the the Hebrew word for for testimony, I'm not going to bore you with all the the roots, Um, but there is that idea of to return, to repeat, to do it again. So testifying of what Jesus has done is prophesying it will happen again. And we can all take the word because we've just been seeing that we're narrating we inherited yeah. that, so a testimony of someone is my testimony too. I can take it, which is amazing. Okay, so let me give you a little testimony, and it's a fun one, and I know I've given it before, but that's for me when the penny really double dropped, and you're going to understand. That's my very cut testimony. You knew that, do you know? You knew that was coming, didn't that So, okay, this is what happened, and um, I really really struggled with verica under my feet. And it was a long time. Basically, when I got pregnant of Fleur, I was swimming, and I picked up some verica. And as you know, when you're pregnant, you cannot treat verica, so you have to live with them. And then uh, Clémence came along, and I I did a couple of try freezing the verica, and it didn't work. And so Clémence came along, so that's a lot of years where this, this verica was not treated, and actually, when I started to really want to treat them, which means five years after, They started to basically spread and every kind of um, method I tried, and trust me, I tried quite a few, didn't work. And actually started to spread from one verica. I had three or four on one feet and then I got one on the other side. And then it was starting to go on my thumb. So so, so there was 10 years living with those verica. And at 10 years I was really, really fed up. I managed to get rid of the thumb. Uh, one but the, the feet is extremely difficult to treat and he wouldn't go at that same time which was around spring 13 uh, so 2013 at that same time uh, I had this revelation um, about the nature of God which was the following one God cares for me in every details because he loves me yeah. And before that, it was easy for me to believe that God would do big things for others. But for me, in every detail, that was a very, very difficult thing. So, But, but God really started to speak to me. No, I care for you in every detail. I love you. And, I, and so, I didn't know what I was doing, honestly. So, <laughs> I don't take any credit for that. But every time I went to bed, and I was kind of... I was speaking. I don't know what I was doing. I was just speaking in the air, I guess. And I was saying... Um, it's, if it matters to me, surely God it matters to you. And I was look at this verica, and that's all I would say. I said, oh, oh, sh- surely it must matter to you because it matters to me, and I know you care for me in every detail. And two weeks went, two weeks went, and I said to me, is it shrinking? Is it shrinking? Really, I mean, honestly, I think it's tr- shrinking, but I was not quite sure. So I carried on, and then, honestly, I've got baby in they were all gone in, you know, a couple of more weeks, and then they were all gone. So that was when the penny dropped. I thought, oh, the power of my words. I, I, I just basically realized something about God, and I spoke it. I didn't even know. It was not even intentional. <laughs> and, and they were gone. Now it's not finished. The second penny dropped, when... I was having like an alpha girl. Fula will tell you I was there, so uh, she was there, and basically uh, I just told the testimony, and you went away, <coughs> and basically Fula did the same for her mm. close. <laughs> and guess what happened? They went. They went. Mm. She told someone else. Did you not? Oh yeah. Oh, I was going to say that one. So she told someone else, and they went. Mm. Someone was sitting in the room. And just thought, just as they thought, oh, I wish it was me.
1: Yeah.
0: That's all they thought. <laughs> and it went. Wow. And so the second penitentiary said, oh, words are powerful. But as well, me telling the testimony, mm. boom, that's just create a ripple effect. You see, as we speak, we prophesy our life. Ooh. And it creates, it carries, sorry, creative power to bring what is declared to be. Can I just repeat that? As we speak, we profess our life and it carries creative power to bring what is declared into being. Isn't it amazing? That's why in the church we have many testimonies and they happen over and over and (laughs) over again. So for example, the testimony, she's not here, the testimony of Esther was victim of a scam, and she managed to get the money back. When we released that testimony, I know other people who got breakthrough on the back of that. Somebody bought a car, somebody got a mail, um, a cheque through through for the mail, you know. And it happens all the time. We had like breakthrough with visas, and as we uh, speaking it out, someone else gets a big break, breakthrough. It happens all the time. Now, let me tell you, it works for non-Christian too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And actually, I would encourage you to use the testimony with non-Christian because I found they are the most natural way of engaging a conversation. Like if you felt, oh, oh my gosh, my back is really hurting, and if you go straight, I know God, He can heal you. Let me pray for you. That would feel a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that sometimes it will be like, okay, right. But if you go very gently, oh. Your back hurt. I'm ever so sorry. Do you know, I was with this person the other day, and their back was hurting. And we prayed, and it completely went. That's a lot more natural, isn't it? Would you learn prayer? Yes? So I've used it a couple of times, like on mums at school, and other friends I've got. And, for example, there was a mom who um, had, uh, I think her kids were about 10 years old, and basically her problem was she's a single mom and she couldn't have a job. She couldn't find a job that fitted the, the, the timing, the schedule with school. That was a basic problem, and she couldn't find it. She struggled for years. At least three or four years she tried to find a job and it could never fit with uh, the timing of, um, of school. So I said to her, oh. oh listen, at, at church, we, we, we do have this problem. People need jobs and we pray. And for whatever reason, you know, they find jobs. If you would like me, I could pray for you. So she said, yes. So I said, oh, can I pray? No. <laughs> so she let me. I was very lucky. And then um, around, I can't remember if it's a week or two weeks after, she, she said, I found a job. Yeah. So she'd been looking for three or four years. There has to be God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same with the lady with the double buggy. We prayed on a treasure hunt. So she, we say we would like to bless you. What can we pray for? And she goes, oh, nothing. I don't know, no, no, nothing really. I'm fine. And we say, well, you know... We've been praying for people for for houses and, and for jobs and for provision and God has provided. So she said, oh, well, I need a house. That's, that's three or four years. I'm trying to get a council house. I've got five kids and we're living in this two-bedroom flat and, and it's really not suitable. And she got a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a really, really, really easy way to start conversation, to bring the testimony of what God is doing. Now you are going to tell me, okay, it's great news, but what happened when you don't get your breakthrough? What happened when you heard that testimony you absolutely, desperately needed to happen to you and it's not happening? What (coughs) are we going to do? We can go to the next slide. Okay. Well, we've got to learn how to wait for the breakthrough. You see, Testimonies are not like a cash machine. We're not putting our little coin testimony and go, super, thank you God, you're great, blah, blah, blah. And no, it's not like that because everything comes from a revelation of who God is. So we are not doing mindless repetition. I say, oh, it happened, it happened, it happened, it happened, happen. No, we're not doing things like that. What it is, is we, we, we're meditating on the truth, we, we're looking at the nature of God, and then we we kind of try to let it sit in and we are thankful, we are thankful in the midst of waiting for our breakthrough, we are in an atmosphere that is hope and joy, and we're waiting for our breakthrough, yes? So, let me give you a testimony of ours, who was quite long to come. It's a financial testimony. It's going to make you cringe, you English people. (laughs) You're going to hate me. But I'm going to say it. Okay, so, uh, you know, five years ago, we actually moved to London. Yes. And for the first time for a long time in our married life, we actually really struggled financially. And the thing had to do with, you know, the the move cost us a lot. The house cost us a lot. And London is expensive. And I was out of work because I just had surgery and I couldn't work. And uh, Jamie was obviously working here. But for whatever reason, you know, we were struggling. Really struggling. We were just that, really, really, just, 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 just enough. So, the very interesting thing is at the same time in the church we were pressing for breakthrough for financial provision for breakthrough for healing so we were going after that and us in the midst of it we were really struggling. Okay? So at that point we had a bit of a choice. We could go, oh God, that's not fair you know that's not fair you, you know we moved to London to serve you and you're not even give it to, giving enough enough for living and we could go like this yes you agree yeah. Yeah. we could have gone oh I can't believe that it's too fault if we're here and it, you know we were much better in the other place I mean the Hebrew did it did they, when they arrived in the, mm. when they were trying to um In Aries, the promised land, they did that, you know, they moan, they moan. So we could have done that. Another thing we could have done, we could have done, (coughs) God, you owe it to us. So I'm declaring that because you owe it to us. And that's what we call a spirit of entitlement. So I'm entitled, I'm entitled to get that because, you know, I obey you and, and I'm such a good kid, why are you not doing that for me? Yes? We choose actually to do three things, and sometimes it was hard, but we choose to do three things. The first thing we, we decide to do, and we absolutely do need to do in those days, <coughs> is to protect our hearts and our connection to Father. If you don't protect your heart and your connection to Father, you will get disappointed, bitter, and you, it's not going to be good for you, yes? So, and actually, uh, Jamie and I, we have these things. they happen maybe two or three times in our married life. But if we become a little bit annoyed about money, we start to give more. Mm. We say, oh, we're not going to have it. We're going to give more. So although we were a bit tight, we just say, okay, God, do you know what? We are going to be even more generous. And we're going to even give more. Okay? So it's a bit sacrificial, but we decided to do that. Then the second thing we did is every time there was a breakthrough about... Fans in the church. We rejoice. We say, Yes, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I mean his breakthrough, her breakthrough, I'm a little bit closer to mine. <laughs> yes? That's really tough to do sometimes. Yes, you're thinking, Oh and, you know and I I can assure you after two or three years you notice you say, Oh, that's really good news, God. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's more like that, oh it's really good news. Woo-hoo. That's as far as I rejoice today. <laughs> you know, but you decide in your heart to not be offended. That's the main point. D- yeah. Don't be offended. You say okay. Woo-hoo. And then another thing we did is we reminded ourselves with um, with our own financial testimony. So, for example, in our married life, we had amazing testimony. Two times we bought and sold house and made thousands of pounds. And we couldn't have planned that. And that paid for all the ministry we did for the last 20 years. So we, remind, we reminded of that, you know, say, God, you were so faithful in that case. We know it's gonna come because you've done it there, you've done it that, you've done it that. And then guess what? So after more than two years, I think it was almost three years, things started to crack. So we got a gift at Christmas and it paid once going to France and then in the summer, um, we got another gift. Somebody borrowed our house and gave us a little really gift. And my, my dad gave us a little really gift. That just fit, just we needed for the holiday. And we say, oh, thank you, Jesus. We just really, really needed that. And then, uh, basically, in September, um, I think, 2013, then it really broke. And actually, somebody paid for a new car. Mm-hmm. And we were like, really, God? That's the thing we were the most worried about. we thinking, oh my gosh! I mean, when you have to replace a car, how do you do it? But somebody bought bought us a brand new car, and then at Christmas somebody gave us a huge gift, and we were like, oh, thank you, Jesus! <laughs> we, well, you know, it came, it came, but it took three years. All right, so. When the breakthrough has not come yet, protect your heart, rejoice with others, and meditate on the testimonies. Yeah. Yeah. If you do not have your financial testimony, if you don't have any, borrow somebody else's. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes? Go and see Fiola, she has hundreds. Yeah. True? Many. Yeah, many. many. She could write a book, <laughs> My Financial Testimonies.
1: So yes, just say,
0: oh, remind me. What God did you What did God do? And just bore somebody else. Yes? It's really, really important. So, uh, I, I was uh, watching Bethel TV the other day and there was a testimony of somebody who really struggled with uh, chronic illness. And it's Abby Stombo. And uh, there was a really interesting quote that she said. I don't, so imagine it's somebody who's living on a day-to-day basis with crawling illnesses. And sometimes she just can't work or she can't do anything. And this is what she said. I don't have the power to make God heal me, but I have control over how much joy I have, mm-hmm. how much hope I have, and how much abandoned life I have. So I'm not able to choose whenever I'm stuck in bed, but I can choose to have peace and not let fear invade me. Yeah. Whoa! That isn't amazing. So if you are waiting for a healing breakthrough, whoa! Just, just choose. I, I'm going to choose to have peace. I'm going to choose to not be fearful because the breakthrough is around the corner. I'm going to press for for that. You see, remembering is like carrying a seed of life. Yes. You remember you have a seed of life. The problem is, we have a tendency to forget. (laughs) I always have to ask Jamie. (laughs) Maybe you should have done the (laughs) French. So, it's true. You know, we have a tendency to forget. And when you forget, your faith is eroded. And your hope can turn into despair. (laughs) So, you know... You can, be, you can be equipped for battle, but if you can't remember who is with you in the battle, it's going to be awful, isn't it? So we have to remember who God is, his nature, how he works. Yes? Actually, in, um, in um, the Old Testament, it, it was quite clear that uh, the Hebrew had um, this habit of having <laughs> me- memorial stones. Yes? So when there was a victory, they would put a few stones together, and he would say, oh, that's the place, and they would name the place. So that's w- where God did this. And that would be the name of Beth- uh, you know, Bethel, for example, is one of the, the names. So there's hundreds of, I- of illustrations of that. Yes? So we need to take the habit of making memorial stones for ourselves yeah. and for the church. So, my last slide, do you think it would come up? Oh, it's blank. Yeah. Oh, this is, our, this is our new system. Yeah. That's alright. <laughs> Brilliant. That's okay. I think you can vaguely remember. <laughs> I can remember the slides. Okay, so what we want to do as a church is we really want to establish a culture of testimony in mm. our personal lives, yeah. in our home group, and in the church. So, personally, I really encourage you to keep an honest record of your testimony. When I say an honest, is don't try to make yourself looking victorious. Honestly, when I did my declaration on Maverica, I had no idea it was going to work. So I'm telling you, I had not much faith and not much idea, you know? All I had is that revelation that God really carefully me in every detail. That's all I had. That I knew I had. So be honest, as honest as you can with your record of your testimony. Then, in your personal life, use memorial stones. Whatever works. For you to remember, look, uh, for example, uh, I, I, I write songs. So when God does something, I write a song. It often happens. So Mame, your, my memory your songs <laughs> are songs, you know, because that's who I am. But it might be that you want to paint something. It might be you want to write it down and pin it on your mirror. Whatever works for you, you know, use it so you have this memory of what God has done. Then it said in Psalm 119, verse 99, meditate on the goodness and the faithfulness of your God by recalling all his testimony. So recall them, recall them. Or say, oh, thank you, God. In your worship and devotion, oh, thank you, God, you did this and this and this. Oh, I remember when you did this, that was so good. So practice remembering, practice remembering. And finally, share the good news around you. Don't wait Sunday. Sunday's only a bit of a window. It's like a window, sh- window shopping, isn't it? It's, it, it it's, church life is not just about something. <coughs> you know? Mm. Share the testimony around you. Around good you. Yeah? Now, in your community group, what can you do? Well, I would actually suggest that good news time is testimony time. Mm. So, your good news are your testimony. So, use, it, use that time of good news to bring all your testimony. And do it systematically. The little one and the big one. I mean that's partially the reason why I give you my verica testimony because you know that's I could have given you the, the testimony or when once we prayed for cancer and it went. Or and it did happen. But actually remember all the small things Amen. as well. Amen. Because they're important. Yes. Okay, if it matters to you, you know. Mm. Now in church, we really want to at more systematically sharing the testimony in meetings, maybe eventually maybe make some videos or even sharing on Facebook so we can encourage each other. That's what we really want to do. There's a three reasons why we want to do that. We want to give God the glory and be really thankful because that really matters to us. Then we want to partner with him and remind ourselves that he is the God of the impossible. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: that would be a value that is so ingrained in us that we believe for big things. We can have big dreams. Yes? And finally, we plant seeds. So when we say our testimony, we're planting seeds that it will happen again. Mm,
1: mm.
0: So it's very important. And in all honesty, we've not been always super good at doing it. So we want to change that. And actually, a few years back, we had created this little card, Share Your Story. Okay? And really, we want to encourage it. You see, we, we can, I can tell you all of that, but we need you to be as well systematic in mm-hmm. telling your testimony. Yeah. So you could fill one of this card, and I find it's very small, so you can only give the headline there. But you can as well... Um, email us, there is an email address there, and give the old account if you you want to. We will pick them up, and read them up, and just really collect them up, okay? So that's very important. Now, when you do something like that, only report what happened that can be verified, okay? So for example, uh, say I had a really bad back, Uh, I was in a car accident, and there was two rods of metal in my back, and I was being prayed for, and then suddenly I can band over and I'm pain free. That's what I, I would say. I say, I band over, and before I couldn't ban over, and the pain is gone. I can't say the rod are gone. I don't know. It's not been verified yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you see the difference? So don't presume things. Obviously, the, the, the doctor later on might, might be able to do a radio, and then you see the rod is gone. Brilliant. Then that, that's part of your testimony now. Yes? But just report what you can actually report. Is the pain gone? Uh, have you regained movement? What exactly happened? Mm. Not nothing more. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like for example there's something that it's impossible to you know, like I'm thinking about blood disorder. Well you got to get a test, yeah? So all you could say is, Well, I just got prayer, I I felt God's presence and maybe in the week say, Oh, I noticed I was better in the week. Then I went to see my doctor and I did the test, or the blood test, and then I could see God. Yeah? Be very spe- specific <coughs> and stick to the fact. You see that uh, testimony about the back that I just gave you? Um, there's important element in it. That who, so who is the person he happened to? What was the problem? Well, actually, it was a, a back that had <laughs> been broken, and so there was surgery and Rod put in it. Well, why and when did it happen? Well, actually, it <coughs> happened that uh, I had a car accident and that's what happened. So I got, I got brought, put in, in and that was 10 years ago. So it's very specific. And then what happened after prayer? So then you give the account of what happened after prayer. Exactly in the way I gave you the very testimony. Yes? So who he was, what was the problem, why it happened, and how you feel after prayer really simple, you don't need to, to, to give other details than that now we want to have permission from, from you to use the testimony and uh, obviously in general uh, when it's in this context we're quite happy to give names but if you wanted to remain anonymous please write it down So please keep it for yourself Just give us a testimony by, by all means but write it down please I, won't, I don't want this testimony to be shared okay and in general, if we used testimony, say, on Facebook, we wouldn't give names. We would say a lady from the church, a man from the church, this is, you know, because I think it's, it's more protective like that. Now, something which is really important when we, we are going to give testimony is to really keep honor and wisdom on those. So I want to tell testimony about someone else in a way that if they were in the room, they would feel honored yes and we need to all learn how to do that so we're not going to give testimonies like oh the other day I was in the street there was a really funny looking girl she was like this you know and then I prayed for her and she was like this that would you know what I'm saying we want to give the testimony in an honoring way whatever the problem was with that person we want to you know if she was face to face with me I want her to feel honored Mm.
1: Yes, we need to be
0: careful on that, because we're not always really good at that. Yeah. Yes? And honoring to all people group, and the way you, you, you're behaving when you give that testimony is really important. Yeah, And we want to have a lot of wisdom as well. Because, uh, honestly, sometimes there's time to not share. If there was a very famous person coming in the midst of us and giving their life to Christ, the last thing would be appropriate is for me on Facebook to say, wow, so and so came to the church and gave their life to Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're such a good church.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly, this is awful. Because this person is so renowned, you would you would probably protect that person and say, in their own time, if they want to make it public, that's fine. But we're not going to publicize. In the same way, for some people group, if they become Christian or something happened they could be repercussion for their family. So you don't want to blast away what happened, you protect them. That's honoring the person and having wisdom. And if they want to stand up and give their own testimony, you do that. So we rejoice with them, but we are really um, careful in the way we release testimony. So, the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of (coughs) prophecy. Isn't it great? Yeah. So, I've been talking about quite a few things that God has done. So, I think what we could do for finishing, if you could stand up. And I'm going to ask you to put your hand up.